Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Belmont Buzz. I'm your host, Joanna Juvelis. And today's latest buzz that we're going to talk about is three major construction projects that have happened in Belmont. Two are still happening, one recently completed. And with us today to talk about these projects, who is actually overseeing them, is Tom Gutsunis. Tom is the owner's project manager, and he works for Daedalus, which is now known as CHA Companies. Uh, prior to being with Daedalus, he was a public safety commissioner for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And prior to that, he worked for the town of Belmont for 22 years. It was his first job after graduating the University of Lowell. And um, I, I never realized you worked 22 years for the town, Tom. You started as a field engineer, then you were promoted to the assistant town engineer, and then the building commissioner, um, and then ultimately the director of community development, which I, I never realized that. And yes. Glenn is your successor, Glenn? That's Glenn. correct. That's correct. Wow. Glenn worked for me. Glenn, Glenn and I worked together um, when I was at the town. He was my assistant. Realize that that's a really long time to, to it, be in a position. It was, um, uh, and your first job at a at a school. So you must have majored in engineering. That's correct. I right. graduated from the University of Lowell with civil engineering degree. Yeah. Um, and then started working for the town right after that. Literally yeah. two Where days after you, I graduated. <laughs> what town did you grow up in? In Watertown. Oh, you were a Watertown boy. Yeah. Wow. So it really? was kind of ironic coming to Belmont with you know the whole Watertown Belmont rivalry. I know, but, uh, right? It served That's, me well. Yeah. Did you play football for Watertown? I did not. I did not. <laughs> uh, well, Tom also happens to be Greek, a fellow Greek. I always love interviewing a fellow Greek. Um, your wife, um, Tesline, is also Greek. Uh, you have four sons. They're all grown actually. Your, your youngest is a senior at Roger Williams. I wish him all yep. the best. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Two of your other sons are, are to be getting married, and I hope all of that goes well. Um, you. And you currently live in Marlboro, right? That's correct. Yes, I do. And, and you go to the Western Church, which I yep. know a lot of people there. It's a great, great community. Um, so how did you get into this line of work, Tom? So, you know, right from, I guess, as a young kid, I just loved how things worked and how they, you know, um, kind of came together and all of that. And, you know, initially wanted to be an architect, but then figured out that, it was really more the engineering piece and how things actually functioned um, and came together and stayed up um, that I was really interested in. So pursued the career in engineering. Um, and then think, you know, as I said, was able to land a job um, with the town. I was very fortunate because it was 1983 and the construction, you know, industry was really um, in pretty sad shape in the eighties, in the early eighties. I was, very happy to be one of six um, engineers that graduating out of our 60 civil, you know, 60 um, students in the civil engineering program um, that were graduating, and only six of us had jobs in the field at on the day of graduation. So I was very lucky that way. Yeah. yeah. How's the field today? Is it better? It is. It's much better. Um, right now, you know, the building industry and construction industry is booming, um, and engineers are needed. You know certainly in every line and every aspect and it's become much more specialized um, as things have progressed so well i wanted to that. ask you what does it mean to be an owner's project manager That's so sure we are the eyes and ears for 
the municipality. Uh, the type of work we typically do is municipal work, but you can have, you know, we, have, we also do some private sector work. Uh, so it's really the eyes and ears, the, the subject matter expert, if you will, um, for the construction project. Belmont is unique and very fortunate to have so many professionals dedicated and volunteering their time, effort, and energy on their projects. Uh, the high school project, and as, as an example, you know, having a renowned st um, structural engineer as its building committee chair is. Uh, I mean, yes, yes. Uh, you know, um, the community couldn't be luckier. And having someone as dedicated as Pat Bruch and Joel Mooney and, you know, and the others on the committee that really have their, their own areas of expertise, um, <clears throat> very highly motivated, very dedicated, very giving with the amount of hours that they put in. Um, not to say that OPM still isn't necessary in Belmont, but they certainly make our lives a lot easier um, as an owner's project manager because of their knowledge and expertise. I say easier, in some ways they make our lives a little harder because they know the questions to ask um, and they know the tough questions. So, um, you know, it's, it, I say that tongue in cheek. It, it really is a, a great community to work for and work with. Um, we do, we have know. a lot of talented yes. people yes, we do. step up to the plate and volunteer, it's great. But we're lucky to have you too. Thank you. And um, this was like your first, uh, time being an owner's project manager for Belmont, right? Yes, um, yes. And yes. how is it that you got, I mean, three projects all at once, that's that's a lot. Yes. And I'm sure you have other work as well in other towns, not just Belmont, or maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. No, I do have another couple of projects. Um, they're winding down um, for the most part, so, you know, that's good. Uh, so it's, these, are, it's, these are pretty major projects, right? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Uh, the high school certainly is one of the biggest projects, if not the biggest, I think it is the biggest school project happening in the Commonwealth right now. Really? Yes. As you can see, it's in my background. Yes. I, and that's only part of it. That's the 9 to 12 part of it. I still can't believe that there's going to actually there's going to be a 7 and 8 section as well. That's Just correct. The 9 to 12 part of it. How many square feet is what's in my background? Um, Will it be ultimately? Um, the total project is going to be just under about a half a million square feet. That, that's huge. It's a, it's it's a big building. If, do you know if this is like one of the biggest schools ever built in, in the country? or in No, the certainly not in the country. There's, there's been larger schools than this. Um, what about but I believe, it, I believe it is one of, the, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, in uh, Massachusetts. It's too bad there isn't a budget for those um, moving sidewalks like they have in the airport. <laughs> That'd be really cool. These kids are really going to get a workout going from class to class. And I, I can't wait to tour it. It's, it's not possible to actually tour the inside now, right? I don't think so. I mean, it's all still. It is very, very much under construction now. Yeah. Um, we yeah. will be doing a, you know, a limited tour with the building committee next month. Um, to to walk them through, but it, it's you know it's certainly guided tour and it's after hours when the construction workers aren't there um, for their safety as well as for the um, you know for the COVID and social distancing related aspects. Um, but we de generally will not bring building committee members or the general public in to any of the construction projects while they're you know actively under construction. Well, 
talk about each of the projects? I don't know what you want to what you want to start with. Should we start with um, the public works facility, which actually is now done, right? It, it's done except for a couple of minor items. We have a front door that needs to be replaced. Um, it's on order and the glass is coming in. Okay. Uh, I, you know, Can you give part a of the, recap, recap of that project? Like when sure. did it start? When did it finish? Sure. And, we started um, in May of 2019 and it finished a, you know, approximately a month, month and a half ago um, with the final punch list items. And then DPW has moved into the building. They're back in it's now. About a year. Right. About a year. Yeah, so it was um, relatively small renovation and addition project where we revamped the bathrooms, revamped the office space. Um, the DPW workers did not have an adequate locker room. Um, I say adequate, they really didn't have a locker room at all. They had lockers that were in the middle of the garage space, separated out with a um, heavy canvas and rubber um, curtain and okay. that was their separation space um, but you know their clothing you know anything that you would normally keep in a locker was all subject to the exhaust fumes and the diesel fumes because they were in literally in the garage um, yes. is where their space was so we created a separate locker room for them a separate um, breakout room and, and that, that doubles also as a meeting space and training facility, training room for them, uh, separate lunch room, um, showers, so that, because, you know, when there's a sewer stoppage, um, it's the DPW personnel that go and do that work. And when they get back, um, they needed a place to be able to clean up before taking those contaminated clothes and their yes. contaminated bodies back to their homes. And they also have the washer and dryer now. That's that correct. They so that they can wash that equipment and their, their clothing, clothing and things like that, they do get contaminated um, and not have to bring that home. And we should and, also mention that there's now uh, a shower and bathroom facilities for women, which absolutely before. Yep, I was just um, going I, there. Yeah, um, I've gone people. a little, little tour of this place. Yep. It's Yeah, and I, I like the colors that you guys chose. Yes, yes. Very bright colors. Yeah. Uh, I saw the office space that you mm -hmm. also added. So there's a, an addition that was like how many square feet that you put on the building? Um, I want to say it was about 1,000, 1,200 square feet, um, roughly, relatively yeah. small. And But I need to stress that the work that was done at the DPW is really a projected 10-year fix. It's a stopgap measure. We did not revamp and refurbish the entire building. Um, the, the DPW building is an old aging building that needs to be replaced. Um, the work that we did was, again, stopgap to make the conditions livable, Healthier. sanitary, and safe for the employees in, you know, for the immediate future. So how do you think it came out? I think it came out great. I think the employees and uh, DPW staff there are all happy with uh, the conditions that they have. It's certainly a, a much needed improvement um, from their point of view and from, really from everybody's point of view for their working conditions and to be able to work professionally, safely, um, and get the training and have a facility that they need. Because let's not forget that during a hurricane or a you know, rain event or 
any other winter events that we have, they're a 24-7 operation and they will continue to run for as long as the duration. So they need to have the ability um, to operate 24-7. Um, we also, that break room doubles, if you can believe it or not, it triples. So not only is it their break room, training room, but it can also be used as a sleeping quarters. Um, they have cots and, you know, there's... Uh, the ability to move, push all the tables and chairs to the end of the room and line the room with cots so that they can take a break um, because That's you can't great. be running a snowplow for 24, 36, 48 hours straight without taking some kind of a break. It's amazing. So I know they recently moved in. They only yes, recently they have. moved in. They have. And maybe it's been about a month or so. That's correct. And um, did COVID have an effect on that project, the coronavirus pandemic? Um, not really. Um, you know, other than that, that door that I mentioned, <laughs> that's delayed because of, you know, shutdowns at the plant. Um, but overall, the project was pretty much complete um, before the coronavirus really hit. Well, that's, that's good. Yes. Everything we were very fortunate. Time. Everything was pretty much the way you wanted the timeline. Went the, good. That's yep. great. Yeah. I can't wait to uh, see it in person myself. Yes. Um, let's talk about the police station and yes. that project. It's a renovation and addition. And that right. started, I believe, last summer. summer started of started in July, correct, of 2019. Um, it's moving along very well. I was in there um, Wednesday morning, trying to remember my days here, so yesterday. Um, and um, there, we're actually starting to put ceiling grids in and um, doing some of the painting in some of the offices um, that have moved along that far. Uh, it still has a long way to go. I don't want you to think like when you walk in, oh boy, it's going to be all finished. There still is a lot of work. Um, the mechanical systems, heating, plumbing, air conditioning, electrical are all ongoing um, in those spaces. But the newer spaces are really moving along very, very well. Uh, it's been what a are very Let's give a the, rundown. So it's a it's a complete um, kind of rehab and refinish of the facility. This is a 50-year plan for the high school. I mean, for the police station. Unlike DPW, which was a 10-year fix, this is a long-term fix. So it's included a new Sally Port. Um, Sally Port is where a guest. I'll use that term will be brought in by the police department. Um, and the, the vehicle is, you can now drive the vehicle directly into the building, close the door, and then the guest is escorted out of the vehicle in a closed door setting in a secure area of the building and then brought through for processing um, as necessary. Um, and we never had that before in Belmont. No. No, yeah, guests were brought in um, and then were transported out of the vehicle, uh, you know, in the driveway. Um, and there were some instances where people tried to flee. Um, so it was not safe for the individual, nor was it safe for any of the officers. Um, this changes that dynamic dramatically. And, brings, and, and even in the station itself now, it's all done in a secured area. So that entire process is done and separated out that from the remainder of the police station. That's not how it was in the past. <clears throat> um, Another major addition uh, yes. was the elevator. 
Correct. There's an the elevator that's never had an elevator. The building was not accessible. The upper floors were not accessible. The police department over the years did an amazing job at accommodating people with disabilities. Um, if they did need to go in to, you know, even to get public records or their driving, you know, um, driving records or things like that. Um, so all of that can now take place and, and will be able to take place and people can actually will have the opportunity to go and meet with the chief in his office. Um, that could not happen in the past because the chief was on the second floor. There was no space on the first floor to bring the chief down, uh, but there was, there was only one way to get up there and that's through that long wooden staircase that you've had the pleasure of walking up and down a few times that, as that well. That will still remain in the building, right? That's correct. That staircase it is remains. historic. Yep, and um, a lot of the historic features on the original part of the building are being restored and brought back to their historic nature. I know you've driven by, um, the windows have all been replaced, the facade is being upgraded literally as we speak. Uh, a lot of the old mortar repairs that were done that were not, um, not done in a historic way, let me okay. put it that way. Um, are now being removed and uh, all that mortar work is being replaced um, in keeping with, you know, n modern technology, modern materials, but the appearance of it will bring it back to its historic nature. Mike Smith um, has been instrumental in, he's one of the vice chairs, or is the vice chair on that building committee, um, along with Anne-Marie Mahoney as the chair. Mm -hmm. uh, and Mike is from the Historic Commission, Historic District Commission, right. and is really keeping our feet to the fire and the contractors' feet to the fire with restoring those historic aspects. Um, great. Uh, that building has been a very complicated project because of the age of the building and all of the previous work that was done. There's a couple of uh, renovations that had been done in the past. So it's, you know, trying to bring those pieces back, not only to the historic nature, but in tying them in to the new construction and the new building and just some unforeseen conditions. Um, we've had some soil conditions that we found there, um, some contaminated soils that oh, really? went way back, um, way back to actually my tenure with the town that were cleaned and met the requirements of the DEP at the time. But DEP regulations over the you know, last couple of decades have gotten more restrictive. So now that um, when we did the excavations and we found those materials and tested them, they were not meeting current standards. So those soils have to go off to a um, registered landfill. Um, they can't be, you know, that was an unexpected occurrence, right? That's correct. And that that That's probably correct. added a little bit of an expense. That's but right. There was a contingency. Fund. There was there was a contingency. Um, we still had to go for some additional funding, and we've been able to do that with the help of the Warren Committee and the Treasurer and the Town Administrator. Um, right, and still and not Treasurer, years, which right. is good. Right. This is right. A, a project that is not. We should mention this project as well as the DPW project is not hitting the taxpayers' pocketbooks, which is- That good. is correct. That is correct. They were, they were both funded um, with available funds for the from the town. And I know another part of the police station project, is it part of the addition, is the 
a locker and bathroom facilities for both men and women because and especially the women's needed to be improved from yes. the uh, yes the, 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 the women's locker rooms were um, extremely inadequate um, there they had one shower um, to be shared by all of the females um, right. not quite appropriate um, their lockers were the locker room was dramatically undersized um, and that's all been brought up um, with expansion for additional female officers. So we're not just outfitting it based on current um, demographics of the police department, but there's, expand there's room for substantial expansion on the female side. That's really great. And there's also yeah. new prison cells, right? That's for both correct. men and women. Uh, new men's and women's up safe, up-to-date, safe cells, again, the cells that were in place. Um, Chief McLaughlin likes to refer to them, and we've all now coined the phrase, they were the classics. <laughs> um, and they really harken back to the Mayberry RFD days where you saw you know, the, the, the metal bars and the sliding or swinging uh, door and the old giant key. Um, it was literally Mayberry. Um, the police department, again, did a lot of work and made them as safe as they possibly could. And as, uh, what's the best word to use here? But um, when, you know, when people are faced in that situation, sometimes they become very desperate and will harm themselves. So there were a lot of aspects that had to be retrofitted. Um, and, they, and it was done to the best of their ability, things like putting plexiglass on the inside of the bars so that someone could not hang themselves from the bars, as an example. Um, but it was in no way, shape, or form anywhere close to meeting current standards and requirements. And the current standards um, are there to protect everybody. You know, um, as I said, people, when they get into those situations can become desperate and feel like there's, you know, no hope for them, um, even though it is a temporary lockup facility. Um, but we, you know, nobody ever wants to see anybody harm themselves in a situation like that. So the new cells take care of that, thank thankfully. That is great. And I know there's also an updated or, or new evidence. Yes, evidence or processing, evidence storage. Uh, it was like a closet before. It, if I it was. It was a closet um, with, you know, it didn't have the proper protections for the officers who were handling that evidence. Um, it, you know, so now there's there's going to be a sink in there. There's a place for doing fingerprint processing. Um, you know, all of those aspects are now put in place that the, the department really didn't have. The facility just didn't let that happen. The officers did a great job with what they had, but they were working in a building that was, you know, a hundred plus years old. So when, how is the timeline on this project going? The timeline is, is actually, as I said, you know, it's moving along pretty well. Um, we're looking at a winter, uh, you know, sometime this winter, end of the year, beginning of 2021, turnover of the building. Um, one of the big pieces will be moving the dispatch. Right now, dispatch is in that trailer that's outside. It looks like a small construction trailer, but that's actually where dispatch is operating out of. Um, and we did that because of all of the cabling 
and uh, telecommunications equipment that's necessary and still being maintained in the existing building. Yes, um, the line still running. Part. This right. patch was actually the newest part of the old building. That's correct. That's not changing. That that's still that, that it's being rehabilitated, refurbished. The entire building is going is being outfitted with um, new energy efficient lighting, new HVAC system. And most importantly, a new fire protection system and fire alarm system. So dispatch had to be removed from the building to facilitate all of that work. They'll be going back in. They'll be, we're looking at different ways and different options of potentially moving dispatch in first so that we can then complete the remainder of the site work that needs to be done and get that trailer out of there. Uh, so those are the, you know some of the pieces and uh, bringing them back into the building requires review and approval from the state. So, um, you know, some of that work has been held back, not not on the town's part, but on the state's part from doing, you know, because of all of the COVID and the um, social distancing. Uh, yes. That's well, been that was necessary. my next question. I was going to ask you, how, yeah. Has, yeah. how has COVID affected this project? Yeah. So... Overall, again, we were very fortunate in when, you know, the, in, in the timing of things because um, during the COVID process or, or pandemic, I shouldn't say process, but during the pandemic, the um, Carpenters Union took uh, some time off um, oh, because yeah. the conditions were not, you know, they, they determined that the conditions across the Commonwealth were not safe. Uh, so they did a couple of weeks um, work stop not work stoppage but they just the the union determined that it wasn't safe for them to come to work but we were very fortunate in the timing because at that point of construction we were actually very low on the need for carpenters oh really we really lucked out we We you know we weren't in a position where we were doing the drywall and the framing. Um, that, that's work that's typically, that is done by the carpenters. So we weren't there. So it, it, it was kind of the luck of the draw, and I shouldn't say luck of the draw, but it was, we were in a lucky circumstance that um, the, their work was not needed at the time when they were at their lowest uh, outmanning um, jobs. I'm glad and to hear that. Obviously a police station is an essential project so work was allowed to continue um, on really on all three of our projects. We were not shut down at all because educational, yes, educational facilities, police stations and DPW uh, facilities were all uh, essential. So they all, all of the work from a total construction project was allowed to proceed unabated. I'm, I'm really glad to yep. hear that. Um, so looks like the um, police station is still on target. Yes, it is. Done, um, hopefully by the end of the year or early next right. year. So exciting. I can't wait. And now we can talk about the beautiful building, yes. my virtual background here, right. the high school, and um, how things are going with that, where things are at. They've definitely made a lot of progress. They started construction on this when again. Refresh my memory. <laughs> so we've been at it for about 18 months now. Um, oh. From, from the very beginning when we started with our early site work and some of the early abatement work that was being done. Um, we, 
but as you see, you know, your, your picture right behind you shows a thousand words. Um, all of the structural steel for the high school wing of the building is complete. Metal um, studding and walls are in the process of going up. And the yellow is the dens glass. It's an insulation material and backing material that's going on the walls. And then the brick will start. Uh, windows will go in and then the brick will start up um, within the next month or so. So it is moving. Uh, HVAC, all the mechanical equipment, um, again, uh, plumbing, electrical, fire protection, uh, HVAC is all ongoing. Um, and, are they and still, um, what are they doing to make it a zero? Is it going to be a zero net energy building? Or as, as close to it? As as clo it would it, be as close as possible. Um, it's a zero fossil fuel building. So right. there are, the entire heating and cooling system is geothermal wells. Uh, but they've been drilling these wells. Like how many wells, how many holes have they had to make it? I know they're very deep. <clears throat> yes, they are. They're 500 feet deep, approximately um, just under 300 wells. Um, and they will actually be completing the well drilling operations the end of this week to early next week if everything goes according to the schedule um, they've already pulled a couple of one of at least one of the rigs out um, so there's i believe there's only one more that's operating right now the second one i think came out yesterday um, that's exciting yes it's very exciting um, now, there's a lot of water, I noticed, like, I guess when it rains, yep. is it from the rain that, that the water just kind of pools, or where is this water coming no, from? No, it's a combination. So there's rainwater that comes down in pools because of the soil conditions, but with every one of those wells that are drilled, um, there's water that helps to cool the drilling rig as well as lubricate the drilling rig as it's drilling 500 feet I see. down into the rock so that pool that is kind of surrounding you in the virtual picture is from the spoils from the drilling operation. I see. And as, as those wells drill, uh, just as I indicated, as they drill, um, water is pumped in and pumped down and comes back up. That helps to bring the, the um, fine material because uh, you're drilling solid into rock. And if anybody, if you've ever drilled into concrete or stone, you know the powder that's, that's generated. Um, the water helps to okay. pump that material up and clear it so that that hole remains clear. Um, once the hole is all drilled, then there's a casing that goes down, and that happens incrementally as they're drilling down into the depth. Once they achieve the 500-foot depth, then a PVC tube, I shouldn't say PVC, uh, plastic material tube is uh, inserted all the way down the 500 feet, and then there's a grout material that surrounds that, and that's what introduces and allows for that heat transfer into the bedrock, into, into the very deep groundwater. Um, and that's how you get that heating and cooling transfer, um, and th which will heat and cool the building. And that, that is definitely a, a very complicated part of the project, right? It's definitely been yes, very... It is. But it's also a, an expensive part of the project, right? Yes. Yep, it is. It is, but the net savings, the operating costs at the end of the day, um, just think about it. There'll be no natural gas or no oil that will ever have to be purchased to heat and cool the building. So there'll definitely be a lot of savings. Yes. What else has been um, 
challenging about this project? <laughs> um, it's, it's sheer size and scope. Um, it's, it's a very large building. It's a very complicated building. Um, it, it's been a, it, it's a fascinating project. Um, and how, how is the timeline on this looking? Timeline is looking good. We're still on schedule to turn the building over in August of 2021 um, to the school department so that students Great. will, the high school students are scheduled to be in the building in September of 2021. The, the high school will take over that wing and then we will begin the demolition of the existing high school building. Um, so we take that down and then start the preparation and the construction of the middle school, which will go on to that end of the building um, adjacent to the uh, field house and uh, locker rooms and swimming so would you pool. Say this, this is one of the biggest projects you've ever worked on in, in your lifetime? Um, as a project manager, certainly. Um, as the commissioner for the Department of Public Safety, uh, you know, there were several other projects across the Commonwealth that equal in size and scope and magnitude. While I wasn't directly involved in those as it like an OPM is, um, the oversight, general oversight, because all of the state building inspectors and state, um, and then the municipal building inspectors kind of funneled up to me, if you think of it that way. Um, that was one of my duties and responsibilities was all of the state and municipal building inspectors and all of the state elevator inspectors. You definitely have a lot on your plate these days. Yep. I know there's a lot of meetings. Yes, How do you there are. feel with that? In a, way, in a way, now they're all on Zoom. In a way, at least you don't have to keep leaving your home to physically go to these meetings, right? But I'm sure you're also sick of Zoom too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I tend to just um, live in front of my computer nowadays. Um, although with things, you know, starting to ease up and, and, uh, and open up in Massachusetts, I, I've been able to actually get out now to more of the sites and, and get on the projects because there's nothing like being face to face or, you know, walking through the buildings um, and the projects on a, on a real and regular basis. And I was able to do that uh, really throughout, um, even when we were on kind of a stricter lockdown. But it was much more limited. You did it when, you know, I did my walkthroughs when the construction workers weren't there um, to try and help with the whole social distancing aspect of it and keep everyone safe, including myself and my family. Well, that was another question. Um, coronavirus, how has that affected this project? I, I was on the site earlier today and I did see there's signs everywhere instructing yes. other workers yes. for their masks and social right. distancing. So there's, there's been a, you know, a very conscious effort with the sheer volume of people that we have on site. We're up to about 175 uh, workers um, right now to put in all of the safety aspects that we possibly could within reason. I mean, you know, you, you, you can't have every worker working in a bubble, but we've put in um, hot and cold hand washing stations uh, that are there. Um, We've put, you know, we've we've increased the amount of porta johns that are on site. Those are cleaned on a daily basis. Um, Good. The um, all of the common areas, so like the stairs and the scaffolding, um, the you know the the entry stairs that the construction workers are using, all of those handrails are cleaned on a daily basis. The trailers that we're all working out of, and that the um, construction manager is working out of are, are also cleaned on a daily basis and disinfected. 
good. Um, That's really good. Yeah. Uh, mask wearing is absolutely essential. Gloves, face shields, face masks um, are all parts of um, essential requirements and now, you know, become kind of regular PPE like a hard hat or safety glasses would be um, previous to the coronavirus. Um, in the early stages, temperature checks were being done on a daily basis of every individual. Um, that's no longer a requirement. Um, but all of the necessary precautions that, excuse me, that we can take are in place. Has, has COVID affected um, pricing on this project, the budget? Um, not directly. Um, you know, some of the cleaning aspects that I just mentioned, um, those are being charged as an additional service. Um, they were not anticipated by anyone. Um, so we couldn't put that burden onto the contractor, right. although the contractor has certainly absorbed some of the costs. Um, you know, their overhead, their personnel are now doing, I'll call it some double duty type of things. Um, and, you know, that burden is on them. I think there's this CARES Act fund that the town could apply to yes. get reimbursed yes. for these additional COVID expenses. That's correct. And we did, um, you know, working with the town administrator's office, um, we did put, um, include that, or they included that when we gave them that all of the additional information and additional expenses. So what's the hot issue right now that you're dealing with on this project? Um, Keeping the schedule going, keeping things, keeping the job active, um, you know, just staying up to date with all of the different pieces and changes and aspects of the building that are moving forward. Um, I know there's probably been some unanticipated surprises as well. Um, soil conditions, um, you know, those kinds of things that we found, but nothing that nothing super unanticipated because you know there'd been a lot of detail a lot of inf exactly beside the COVID aspects um, but a lot of the details a lot of the information a lot of the studies that had been done previously and the due diligence that was done um, by the building committee early on to make sure that we knew what we were getting into and what the conditions were going to be and including those for the contractor well, thank you so much, Tom, for taking time out of your very busy schedule to come on Belmont Buzz and be a guest and bring us up to date on these three amazing Belmont projects. You're very welcome. It's been my pleasure. Um, Belmont, Belmont is, uh, you know, starting my career there. It's been near and dear and it's um, working on these projects. It's been like coming home. So it's really, really been um, a, a, a real thrill. Uh, um, for me to be able to be part of these three uh, very important projects for the town. Um, and in the very near future, hopefully we'll be starting station two, some of the repairs at the fire station uh, oh, that really? I'm working on. Yes. Uh, oh, so boy. Hopefully that will move forward soon as well. Well, again, thank you. I wish you continued health and I hope that we get to meet in person again soon. In the yes, near absolutely. Thank you. And thank you everyone for tuning in to Belmont Buzz. If you have um, something that you'd like me to talk about on a future show, if there's a, a buzz around town that you'd like me to, to talk about, please email me. You can email me at belmont at wickedlocal.com. Thank you so much, everyone. Stay healthy. <laughs>